someone after the last mass, knowing that I'm a, knowing that I'm a big Bears fan and playoffs started and the Bears aren't in it, said, Father Mark, look on the bright, bright side. The Bears can't lose today. Um, but this morning, I just want to look at two things. I want to look at the solution to the obsession that we have with identity in our culture. And then secondly, the need to remember who we are. So first, the solution to the identity obsession. Fundamental to human flourishing is the need to have certainty around the issue of identity. Like to, to know the answer to the question, who am I? Like that grounds us in reality. It stabilizes us. In many ways we could say identity informs action. It drives action. It, it, tells us how to, how to, how to move and, and act and to live. And it's easy to see, I think, you know, in our culture today that we seem to be increasingly, increasingly obsessed with the issue of identity, right? We, you know, if you just, you know, whether it's the movies, the cartoons, the rhetoric over and over again is to tr find your true self, to, to, to create your, to, to be true to yourself, to create yourself. That's that rhetoric, rhetoric, if we pay attention, it, it's everywhere. And as we're increasingly obsessed with identity, at the same time, we're increasingly insecure about identity, unstable. And the argument put out by um, a woman, Mary Eberstadt, she writes for a number of publications, Wall Street Journal, Time Magazine, and a number of other places, she came out with a book in 2019 says the prime, the, entitled The Primal Scream. And in there, she, she shows that how the, the old ways of us knowing ourselves by, came by references of the family unit, came by reference to community ties, it came by reference of religion. And these institutions, family, religion, are, are weakening and weakening. And for some people come to age now without any of these institutions at all. They're non-existent in their life. With the breakdown of the family, the social ties and religion almost just like leaving the picture for many. She says that it's created a vacuum. And with a vacuum, something like it fills, the space is filled. And so with the need for identity to know who I am, what's being filled with that is more super, superficial notions of identity. So what's more common now is that we identify ourselves with sex. We identify ourselves with our race. We identify ourselves with our sexual orientation. We identify ourselves with our politics, right? The, the explosion of the term identity politics is, is, is all over. Because as religion goes, something that I put everything behind goes, and so that needs to be filled with something. And the consequences of, of this is instability. It's instability for society and it's also instability for the individual. And the solution relies, relies in what Christianity has to offer. And it needs to be heard. And what that is, is, is the, the emphasis in the Bible is that our identity is something that's given to us. Our identity is is determined ultimately by God. And that's not in sync with our culture. It's not in the air we breathe at all. 
And so we hear Paul, we're entering in back into Paul's letters to the Corinthians, his first letter to the Corinthians, we'll hear in the next number of weeks. And we'll hear him, right? What's he say today? Identify yourselves. He, he identifies himself first as he sets the tone for everything that he's going to say here in the coming weeks. He identifies himself with Jesus. And he encourages the Christian Corinthians to identify themselves with Christ. And we'll hear him going on later in the letter. He'll say, you are not your own. This is, this is, this is the, the, the message of, of Christianity. You are not your own. That rubs against us. Well, that doesn't sound very good. What do you mean I'm not my own? He, but he goes on. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. And that price, of course, was Christ's death on the cross. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. Later on, another letter, Paul, in, in Colossians, he says, For you died, he says, and your life now is hidden with Christ in God. So Paul says, when you died, when does that happen? We died, we died when we were baptized. We died in Christ, and we rose with him. And so now Paul says, your identity is now hidden in him. And so in our gospel today, we hear, you know, usually the Sunday after the epiphany is always the baptism of the Lord. But because Christmas fell on Sunday, we kind of ran out of Sundays. But we hear in our gospel today is John the evangelist, his, his account, or, or John the Baptist, John's account of, the, of, of Jesus' baptism. And in Jesus' baptism, his identity is manifested. Whereas when we're baptized, our identity is given to us. We were made beloved sons and daughters of God. That's who we are. That's the answer to the question, who am I? I'm a child of God. And everything flows from that spot. It's the difference between living in a spot of frustration versus peace. The difference between like stability or instability. It's the difference of remaining and receiving love by being in communion or being outside of that communion and being in isolation. And the problem is that we easily, we easily forget it. We easily forget our identity. And so secondly here, the second point is that we need to remember who we are. And there's a great illustration to the great theological movie, The Lion King, right, of this, where, where Simba, who's the, 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 the lion cub of, of, of Mufasa, well, Simba... He's wounded, right? He's, he's, he, he believes some lies. And because of that, he, he's run away. He's, as he's running away, he's got his head down. And he's confronted by Rafiki, who's the, kind of the prophet character in The Lion King. He's the Holy Spirit, if you will. And Rafiki, as Simba's running away with his head down, as he's wounded, and he's been listening to these lies, he comes up into Simba's face and he points at him. He says, you have forgotten who you are. And Simba kind of shoves him off, but he presses on. He goes, you have forgotten who you are. And then he, he leads Simba down to water to look at his own reflection in the water. And as Simba peers down and he looks in the water, he doesn't like what he sees because he sees himself. And he turns away kind of in disgust. And Rafiki says, no, no, look harder. And Simba looks down into the, into the water. And as he's looking into the water, the image changes from himself into his father, Mufasa. And as he sees Mufasa, 
he looks up and he hears from heaven, Mufasa says Simba, and he says, Father. And as he's doing that, Simba from heaven says, you have forgotten who you are, so you have forgotten me. And then he says, remember who you are. Remember you are my son, the son of the one true king. And see, that for Simba changed everything. It, that's what Simba needed to hear to reconnect him to the father. It put him back into communion. It allowed him now to go forward, to be on mission, and to, to be firmly reconnected to his identity and who he is, to be reconnected to the Father. See, but we easily forget it. Just, we easily forget it just like Simba, and we easily forget it because it's the place that Satan attacks us. Because it's so fundamental to the spiritual life is the, is the case, the issue of identity, not even the, the spiritual life, it's so fundamental to human flourishing is the issue of identity. And so he attacks it. And so we end up being tempted to place our identity in other things and how well I perform in sports, how I'm doing in high school, even what my grades are. What do I, I place my identity in my, in my work. I place it in how much money I make, how many kids I have. You know, the, the, you know, personally, it's, you know, as I mentioned, it's so fundamental to the spiritual life. We do a lot of work on that in the seminary. So now like 12 years ago, as I'm a new seminarian, I, I came to realize that from growing up, like the, the, the place that I tended to place my identity was, was whether or not I was successful, whether or not I was producing or performing, whether it was in sports or in other areas. And that was deep in me. And I, and I did experience a lot of healing in that throughout seminary. But what I've noticed is, what I noticed is that when I became a pastor and like, there was a transition in my life, now I'm the guy. And, not, and then what, what I started to do was I started to place my identity back into that because the evil ones, he's not, he's very unoriginal. So he's like, hey, that worked before in Mark. Let me go back again and try it. So it's like, the my identity is in whether or not, which way the attendance is going in church, right? So it's a little lighter today, right? <laughs> My identity is placed in, well, what's the collections doing? Even in good things, like how many people here at Notre Dame are coming and having a life-changing encounter with Christ? Good things. But do I place my identity in that of who I am? If I do, if I do, it leads to a spot of frustration, it leads to isolation. I'm ripped from communion because the identity is in places other than that I'm a beloved son. Because here's the reality. The reality is that the attendance can plummet here, right? The reality is that the collection can plummet, but it doesn't change who I am in him. And so the, maybe the, the, question, the question for us is, is, well, and the reality for me, it's over and over again, the, the Lord, it's like, Mark, remember who you are. And question for us is, what's, our, what's your tendency where you place your identity? There is an identity obsession today. Where, where is the tendency for you to place your identity? We need to see, when we look at, we need to see our reflection. When we see a reflection, we need to see Christ. We need to see the Father. And like literally, maybe when we look, the next time we look in the mirror, what do you see? 
Maybe it's kind of like Simba, right? Where you look in, it's like, it's a turn away to discuss. Maybe identifying myself with my, my mistakes, my sins, or whatever it is. What, it's like the Holy Spirit, Rafiki's like, no, look again. What do you see? To see the Father, to hear then the Father say, you are my son, daughter of the one true king. Because that's reality. That's where we need to stay. That's where we need to live. It stabilizes us. And so maybe because, maybe just to close here, because of the fact that we are in a spot where the family institution is crumbling or it's weakening, that religion and the, the religion is weakening and many people are growing to age without those things, for us to have com compassion for those who are in those spots of identity crisis and the thing for us to do the thing for us to do is to, is to, like John the Baptist said in the gospel that we heard, points to him and says, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world because he's the one who gives us stability. He's the one who gives us the identity. Ultimately, it's in him. He, and that's the thing that heals. Any identity crisis, it's Jesus that heals to be firmly rooted in him. And so like John the Baptist, we point to the lamb. And even for us at this mass, when I elevate that host and say, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. For us to, to ask and hear the question to, and hear the voice of the father, you are my beloved son, daughter of the one true king. And we point to him who gives us our identity. It's just important for us not to forget and to always remember who we are.